Good morning. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas from last week. Welcome to those of you that are worshiping with us, that are worshiping with us online. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Can we stand this morning as we begin worshiping? We worship the God who was and is and is to come. And his name is Jehovah. Thank you, Lord. Jehovah needs to fight your battle. 
worship you today. We thank you for your names. We thank you for the power that is in your name. Power that is in the name of Jehovah, the one God who sent his son to die for our sins. And so today, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move in and among us. Speak to our hearts, Lord, today, we ask. Challenge us. Change us in the moments that we are together today. Through our worship, through our fellowship, through the hearing of the Word. God, through every moment that we are together today, move in and among us. Whether we're in this building or watching online, and whether we're watching today or watching weeks or months down the road. Be with us, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, again, welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today, whether you're in the room or, again, worshiping with us online. It is so great to have you with us. Happy New Year. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. And I'm sure we could go around the room and everybody could tell us what their favorite Christmas present. Maybe you could just write that on the comment, on the uh, Connect card today. What's your favorite Christmas present you got? And that'll, we'll, we'll have fun reading those throughout the week this week. But it was just a great week for us, I know. And so I hope it was for you, too. So if you're new today, if you've never been to CTC before, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, if you're new and you're here in the room with us today, when you leave the, uh, the sanctuary after the service is over, on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there. We have a free gift for you. And uh, you can meet some folks from the church, find out about the ministries that we have going on here. And uh, just take advantage of, of some of those things. If you're new and you're worshiping online, in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, there's an I'm New Here button. And so if you could just click that, and it'll take you to our Connect card. Now, our Connect card is available for not only those who are new, 
but uh, for those of you who are regular attenders, and as we've been talking over the last few weeks, it really helps us if you're a regular attender, even if you're here every week, that uh, I know it maybe can get a little cumbersome, but if you could fill that card out whenever you're here with us, because if we don't see a card from you, then as time goes on, someone's going to say, hey, so-and-so hasn't been here, and then they're going to contact you and say, hey, we've missed you at church, and you're going to say, oh, I'm there every week. But if you would just help us out by filling out that uh, Connect card. You can also put uh, prayer requests, praise reports, uh, and that sort of thing. If you're new and you're filling out a Connect card, just give us uh, some basic information and uh, so we can share with you some information about the church, and uh, we promise not to misuse that information. All right? Let's take, all right? Okay, thank you, thank you. Now let's take a couple of minutes and uh, catch up on some of the activities going on around our, our church. and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. As we approach the new year, we want to make you aware of some important congregational meetings coming up. First, we will have a town hall meeting on Sunday, January 14th at 12.30 p.m. at our Ellesmere campus. This meeting will be to further discuss the elders' proposals to join the Global Methodist Church. Then, on Saturday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will meet to vote on that proposal. Absentee ballots may be requested by calling the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or emailing Gwen Montague at gmontague at ctcde.church. Absentee ballots must be requested by January 20, 2024. Our Early Education Center has an immediate opening for a full-time kitchen manager at the Bayer campus. The hours are 6 a.m. till 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. This job involves coordinating meals for our preschool, senior center, hope lunch, and other activities. If you would like to learn more about this position, you can visit our website or contact Shelley Strickland at sstrickland at ctcde.church. Alpha is a small group study that helps create a space for honest conversation around some of life's biggest questions while promoting a safe and caring environment. Beginning on January 14th at 11 a.m., our Bear Campus will host a weekly Alpha group. This study will meet weekly through March 17th. To learn more about Alpha, you can visit alphausa.org. To sign up, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy Old Year. 
That'll make a thing about that, too. Right. Yay, it's over. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done. And uh, uh, leading us in these times of transition. Uh, Lynn talked about uh, uh, Alpha. And uh, I want to say that on the tables here, on the chairs, is this little card. looks like this. I want you to take that. Take that with you today if you would use that as an opportunity to remind you to invite somebody to, uh, to join our Alpha uh, groups that are uh, starting in a couple of weeks. And on the back side of it is a QR code that people can uh, request more information or go ahead and sign up for it. Good news about this. We're, we're getting people signing up that, that don't even come to our church. Praise God for that, that our outreach is, is like that. So this is a great opportunity just to have a safe place to ask questions and to listen to, to other people's experience of Jesus and to, and to hear what the Bible says about what is this Christian faith all about? Uh, we need to do that. Um, so I want to thank you also for your generosity throughout this year. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure why, but, but I've been getting a lot of requests. Maybe you have too in your email. You know, it's the end of the year. It's not too late to give a contribution to this or to that. Everybody's getting inundated. But we trust God for everything. And I'm so grateful for all of you who have given sacrificially, faithfully to the ministries at Christ the Cornerstone. We make a difference as we share the good news of Jesus Christ in many ways. That is why we're here. And so I just want to say thank you for your contributions as people are doing their year-end stuff and whatever. We have these scriptures that, that we say each, each week just to remind us to keep trusting God for all things. It's not about gathering the money together. It's about trusting God with our resources. So let's read this scripture together out loud. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I think that's the end of that one from Matthew chapter 6. So it's good to remember these things. Let's stand together as we continue to worship God this morning. The end of the year, the beginning of a new one. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity for gathering us together. We come once again as we do every week. Not out of just tradition. But God, we gather together because we need your presence in our lives. We need to take this time to, to rest in your presence. So God, as we gather this morning and we celebrate, we give ourselves to you, we think about you, we listen to you. God, we ask that you would change our lives. We need you, Jesus. We thank you for the past. We thank you for the, pre- for the future. But God, <laughs> we're here in the present right now. Come and fill us with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're thankful for the Lord's provision for us. Amen. Honey in the rock, water in the we got to start that over again. Some, it's not even January. It's not even the first of January, and this is my first mistake. So we're going to start. Isn't that a good record? That's a pretty good record, though, right? Oh, I see some of you are not too sure that that's my first mistake. Okay, well, that's fine. We'll just do it again. Honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground, no matter where I go, 
trust in you, Jesus. Oh, how sweet, how sweet it is to trust in you, Jesus. God, we trust in you. We trust in you above all others. And you know, the God that we trust today is still the same God that he was back when the Bible was written. If he's done it for one, he will do it for all of us. He came to seek and to save all of us. He came to heal all of us. He came to deliver all of us. And the God that we read about in scriptures and the God that we hear about from other people's lives is the same God we serve today. So, God, we thank you for that promise that you're always the same. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me, for me, for me. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness.
you never fail. Come on, sing this. You heard your children then. You hear your children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then. And you will answer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. Oh, you're the same God. You moved in power then. God moved in power now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were a healer then. You are a healer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You were a Savior then. You are a
Spirit, our prayer today is that you would come and fill us, that you would help us to know that you're here, that you're with us, that you love us. I think it's not insignificant that at the end of that song that we sang, you touched the lepers then. I feel your touch right now because in that culture, the lepers were the least desirable people to be around. Nobody would touch them. Nobody would come near them. You had to wear all kinds of covering and call out, unclean, unclean, so that people could cross on the other side of the street. But how many of you know that Jesus didn't care about that? He went and he touched them and he healed them. And today, there might be someone here in this room or watching us online, and you feel like that leper. You feel like nobody wants to have anything to do with me. Nobody, God could... There's no way that God could want anything to do with me because of who I am, where I've been, what I've done, what I've been through. But that couldn't be further from the truth because He loves you. Time after time after time in Scripture, we see people coming to Jesus and falling on their knees in worship and in adoration, yes, but falling on their knees because of His great love and His great power that He has. And today, that power is still available to all of us. And He is in this room right now. And we worship Him. Everything. 
invite the children to come as we pray for them before they go. And let's go to our knees on behalf of our children this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for coming and being present with us this morning. We ask you to place your blessing upon our young ones today. Moms, and dads, grandparents, friends, those who give care. And everything, God, that we do. Bring us to our knees and our recognition that we need you in our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Roger. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Praise God. He has blessed me by saying I can bring the word today on this last day of the year. What an honor. And uh, I feel I'd be remiss if we didn't thank God for bringing us through this year. It's been a tumultuous year, brother. Yes. Can we give the Lord a hand clap, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I know my wife and I were both hospitalized this year, and we weren't sure if we were ever coming out. And God brought us out. And I know this church prayed for us. Hallelujah. Yes, and thank God that he is watching over us and that he has brought us all safely through. We serve a mighty God, a prayer-answering God. And Heavenly Father, we just want to recognize you. And and Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us and for holding it all together, the Bible says. And we thank the Holy Spirit who rests, reigns, rules, and abides in our hearts, hopefully in our homes, and definitely in our church. Our church has been triumphant this year because of the God we serve. And I just thought we need to give him some honor before we start here today. That wasn't in my notes. A certain person came to me this morning and said, don't worry about your notes that I spent half the week working on. She said, pass it on, let it come from your heart. So I will try to do that. I just hope that we won't be here three hours today if I do that. But uh, I'll have to watch and balance it too. Uh, Once again, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Turn to somebody and just say Merry Christmas. Thank you. Because of the reason for this season, we're just saying we love Jesus. That's all it is. Jesus is still the reason for the season. A lot of people don't realize Christmas starts with the word Christ. Amen. So we serve our wonderful Lord every day when we say Merry Christmas. Every day should be Christmas to the Christian. And I hope that everybody got what they wanted this year. Personally, if you got Jesus, I do feel you have it all. If you, if you were able to walk in here this morning, uh, you, you were blessed, and you got everything in the world that you could ask for from God. He gave you good help, help enough to get up this morning and come here. And not everybody can say that, my brothers and sisters. And... Uh, I just want to tell you a quick story about something I wanted for Christmas. I really did want it. I had one of those new watches 
My wife got it from me last year, but I wanted a different type. I wanted an Apple Watch. Half the people in my uh, office, our office, has Apple Watches. I, I like them. So I've been hinting about it all year long. Sure would like to try that Apple Watch out. <laughs> so when uh, Gwen asked me this Christmas, what would you like? I said, well, I know she knows what I want. I'll just be a little bit funny about it, cagey about it. I said, well, I want something uh, that's high-tech, black, and <laughs> battery-powered, you know, with a good battery that I don't have to change all the time. Well, brothers and sisters, I want you to know she got me a lawnmower. <laughs> she, she, she really did. Wave your hand, honey. She got me a lawnmower, black, two batteries to power it, and it said it was the latest in high technology. So be careful what you ask for. The Bible tells us that, you know, and I just think we need to go to the Lord the same way. We need to be uh, very articulate in what we ask of God, or we just might get something we didn't ask for. And I suggest you also be careful when you talk to Sister Gwen, okay, because she'll take you at your word there. Praise God. Uh, let me get my head back here. Can we give the Lord another hand clap? Amen. Let me focus on the message today. Praise God. We are back into our series called, who knows what it is, the winner of our contentment. Amen. The winner of our contentment. Pastor Roger has been leading us in this series the last few weeks. He's done an anointed, wonderful job of it. And I like the way he brought it up to a culmination last week. He said, it's all in Jesus. That without Jesus, you're not going to have contentment. That's contentment in a nutshell, having a relationship with God. Amen? Praise God. Amen. And, and today we're going to see just how important it is that we live a godly life, a holy life, and just what that entails, what that truly means. Uh, we're going to see how much our compassion towards one another. You know, we're so busy loving God, and we should be, and showing how much God means to us. But there's something else that God is looking at when it comes to our love for him. And it's not all about what we say to him. It's about how we interact with, anybody know? Others, exactly. That's what he's looking at. And we're going to delve a little bit into that to show us how important that is. At this time, let's go to our sermonic text. It's in Ephesians 4:24, And we don't have the availability of the screens today, so I'm just going to read it to you. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, of course. He says, be completely humble. And gentle, be patient, bearing one another in love. Make an effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The Holy Spirit likes to be in a peaceful element, environment. He said there is one body, we're the body, one body, one head, he's Jesus, and one Spirit, just as you were called, to one hope when you were called. Beautiful words. So spiritually eloquent in explaining to us how God wants us to be. How he wants us to perform in this life. 
And he tells us that we are to walk worthy. I left that out of my notes here. But if you read this, we're given that monica to walk worthy. That's a wonderful, wonderful statement for us to adhere to. And in a little while, I'm going to give you an example of a young man who did walk worthy like I've never seen anyone else do. But what Paul did in the first three chapters here was to tell the Ephesians, and he's telling us also just how much we mean to him, how much he loves us, all that he's done for us. He tells us of his loving kindness and his tender mercy. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the lover of our souls. Jesus loves us sometimes when you don't like yourself. Have you ever just woke up one morning and looked at that guy or that woman in the mirror and you're not too happy with them? But you know what? Jesus just loves you to pieces. If you were a piece of candy, he would gobble you up. He just loves you. And sometimes I wonder, how can, what is man that thou are so fond of us? But that's the God we serve. He made us and he loves us, even, brothers and sisters, in spite of ourselves. He's such a wonderful God. And we just need to bless his name every day. David the psalmist, he has so much to be thankful for, didn't he? He made many mistakes, one especially, which was horrendous, we all know about. But he asked God to forgive him. We all make mistakes. He said, Lord, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. And God did. And God went on to make him the greatest king that there ever was. That's the forgiveness and the loving way our God is. And he wants us to be the same way. Those first three chapters, he tells us how much he's done for us. One place especially that I like is Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Does anybody remember what that tells us? It's so important to the, the, the life and the future of a Christian. He says, we are saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves, for all the self-made men and women who felt you're here because of something you did, it was God. Amen? And he said that he wants us to know that so that no man can boast. He wants the glory. He wants the credit. You know why? Because he deserves it. Because he did. He deserves all the honor, all the glory, all the time, all the praise. Amen? That's why David said, I will bless the Lord when? At all times, his praise will be in my mouth. How much? Continually. Amen. Praise God. There's a whole lot of things we can overdo. But one thing you can't overdo is praise the Lord. If you want to be on solid ground, just sometimes just get around and just start praising God. Thanking him for his goodness. Say, Lord, you woke me up this morning. I thank you so much. You got me out of the hospital, dear God. And here I am. They told me I might not be here today. But I'm still standing because of you, God. They told me a couple months ago my sister would not come out of the hospital. They said she probably won't live another day. This church went to prayer along with many other churches. And don't want to get too happy up here. And he's just so good. And the next day when they had to do a procedure that could mean her life might end, she started breathing on her own. She did. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And she's still breathing, church. Thank you, God. 
Never think God does not answer your prayers because He does. Jesus wants us to know how much He loves us, how much we mean to Him. And He asks us to do one thing. I'll sum it up in these two words here walk worthy, humbly, with patience. It tells you how you do it, with kindness. Putting others before yourself is how we do it. Amen. Can you think of some other adjectives, some other ways you walk worthy, anybody? You can speak up. I'm giving you permission. How do we walk worthy? Bishop, how do you walk worthy? In faith. That's crucial, yes. Anybody else? How do you walk worthy? In the Spirit. The Apostle Paul there. We walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Exactly. That's what God wants us to do, brothers and sisters. And if you, we, we owe it to him. We owe our lives to him. We were bought with a price. Jesus Christ hung, bled, and died on the cross for us so that we could sit here today with the knowledge and, and the assurance. Oh, blessed assurance. That we will one day, when we leave this earth, we're going up and not down. That's what he gave us. If you would, we're going to go to John 3, 16. Uh, I think most of you know it. If you do, please say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever shall believe upon him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he goes on to tell us that's God's part. Here's Jesus' part. And that he came to this earth. He left heaven to come here of us. It's like you're going down into an ant hole to live with the ants to save them. He came here, brothers and sisters, because he loves us. Not only to live with us, but to die for us. He says, I came to save you, not to judge you. He loves us. More than we can ever love anyone else. More than we love ourselves is how I look at it. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, I feel this tells you a little bit more about what Jesus did. How he had to just humble himself to allow this to happen. It says that he, God, made him sin, Jesus, made Jesus sin, who knew no sin, so that through him we might become, here's the name, here's your new title, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Church, that's who you are. You're not sinner man anymore. You're not sinner woman. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He died to give you that name. We should wear it with honor. We should pray with that in mind. So many scriptures involve things that are only for the righteous. Only for the righteous. The psalmist said that, the name of the Lord. What's his name, church? I can't hear you. Thank you. Jesus, hallelujah, is a strong tower that the righteous, not the sinner, yes, can run into and be safe. I'll tell you, church, as we go into this new year, if you get in a jam, if things aren't going quite right, if you're laying up in the hospital bed, just say, Jesus. You don't have to yell it. Just whisper at the very mention of his name, at the mention of his names, the angels that are abounding around us at all times, as Psalm 34, verse 7. 
they will bless you. They will acknowledge you. They will do what God has told them to do for you. Just remember his name and be sure that you do say it unto him. I want to give you a quick example. I need that watch. <laughs> hint, hint. By the way, let me stop playing. She had bought me the watch. It came the next day. Amazon was just a little bit overburdened, but I, I got my watch. It was more fun when I didn't say that. <laughs> that you think that Gwen is a meanie. <laughs> Example of walking worthy, like, other than Jesus Christ. This really touched me. Life Without Regrets by William Borden. William Borden graduated from a Chicago high school back in 1904. He was heir to the famous Borden Dairy Estate, which made him a multimillionaire even as a child. For his graduation present, his parents gave him a trip around the world. As the young man traveled through Asia, the Middle East, Europe, he felt a growing burden for the world's hurting people. Finally, Borden wrote home to say, Family, I'm going to give my life to prepare for the mission field. I'm giving my life to Christ. He had all the wealth in the world that he could ever want. And while he was going around the world, something that only money could have bought him, he said, I'm going to leave it all and give it, my life, to Christ. And I see what the Apostle Paul said. Back there in Philippians 3, 7, 11, what things were gained to me, those I now count as lost for Christ. And I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb, that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, that which is by the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, don't you want that? Paul said that I might know him. Do you know him, brothers and sisters? Do you have spiritual intimacy with him? That's knowing. And the power of his resurrection. We all have that resurrection power in us. Paul said the same power that rose Christ from the grave is in us. And Paul said, even until the end, even if it cost me my life, this is what I want to do. Borden wrote home to his family saying, I'm going to give my life to prepare for the ministry. And at the same time, he wrote two words in the back of his Bible. No reserves. No reserves. During his college years at Yale University, Borden became a pillar in the Christian community. He's a young man in his uh, early 20s. One entry in his personal journal that defined the source of his spiritual strength simply said, say no to self and yes to Jesus every time. During his first semester at Yale, Borden started a small prayer group that mushroomed into a movement that spread across the campus. By the end of the first year, 150 freshmen were meeting for weekly Bible study, Bible study and prayer was what they did in their spare time. By the time that Bill Borden was a senior, 1,000 of Yale's 1,300 seniors were in a Bible class or in a prayer meeting. Can you imagine that being done today in our colleges? 
Borden met with fellow Christians to make sure every student on campus heard the gospel. Often, he ministered to the poor in the streets of New Haven in his spare time. <coughs> Excuse me. But his real passion was the foreign mission field. Once he narrowed his missionary call to the Kansu people in China, Doug Kinnear probably knows them. He's always in China. And Doug, thank you for your service in the missionary field. Borden never wavered upon graduation from Yale. Borden wrote two more words in the back of his Bible. No retreats. Good words to live by. He turned down several high-paying job offers and even enrolled in seminary. After graduation, he went to Egypt to learn Arabic so he could work with Muslims in China. While in Egypt, Borden came down with spinal meningitis. And within a month, he was dead at the age of 25. My goodness, you talk about a life well spent, a brief life. But I think about all the people he ministered to, taught in the Bible classes, and what they have now done. Probably thousands, if not millions of people have been touched by this single man's life. You know, it's not how long we live, brothers and sisters. It's how much we put into the life that God gave us. This man is a perfect example of that, of someone who truly walked worthy. Praise God. I hope that will be an encouragement to all of us when it comes to how we do this. One of the best things we can do, make sure I'm checking the time, we're good. One of the best things that we can do for God and for ourselves when it comes to walking worthy is showing love for one another. We must make sure that our walking worthy is motivated out of gratitude for God. Remember those first three chapters of of Ephesians. You might want to read them from time to time. And not out of the desire just for merit or to stay out of hell. We want to do it because we love Jesus and we're so grateful for all that he has done. But we have to remember what 1 John 4, what is it, 8 and 16 say. God is love. I don't care what else we do. If it's not imbued in love, it don't mean a thing. I'm almost tempted to say it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that zing. The zing is love, church. Amen? Praise God. The great English Anglican Bible commentator John Trapp wrote, he lived back in the 1600s. I like what he had to say here. Every believer is God's firstborn. I never thought of it that way. And so higher than the kings of the earth they are. We must therefore carry ourselves accordingly as God's highly exalted ones and not stain his high blood. In other words, brothers and sisters, we, as Paul says, are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We are living epistles where all the Bible, all the God, all the Jesus that a lot of people in the world will ever see. And you might not realize it, but people are watching you. Let me give you a real quick example. Karen, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, okay? I was shopping last week at Marshall's, and I saw a man that looked alike like April's husband. 
I mean, he was cool. He was just strolling. Had a nice leather jacket on him. I mean, the brother was clean. And I said, that looks a lot like Alan. But I kept on rushing and ran into the store. And then the next week, April says, my husband and I think we saw you. But I said, no, that's not Pastor Vaughn. His car is full of a whole lot of stuff. And I can't see him doing all that type of shopping. It was a, it was a big Santa Claus doll in the back. And a big tin soldier that we used here uh, early in the week that had my car all filled up. But she told me what the guy was wearing and everything else. I said, April, that was me. And I described what her husband was wearing. She said, oh, my God. My point is, folks, we don't know who's watching us. Somebody's always seen us. We need to act and do accordingly. That harsh word you said to the person at the McDonald's, the way you snapped at that bank teller because they were a little bit rude with you, somebody who might come to this church next week saw that, and they see you, and guess what they're going to do? Turn around and run first. Run out of here as fast as they can. And I couldn't blame them. And both the things I just mentioned are things that I had done. And that the Holy Spirit would not let me sleep. Amen? Am I right? Until I made it right the next day and went back and apologized. I don't try to win my battles anymore, brothers and sisters. I give it to God. I don't try to prove I'm right. Or people talk about righteous anger. Uh-uh. I'm going to love you. I might not want to, really. But that doesn't matter. We don't do things according to how we feel. Or, or what we even want to do. We do what the Word of God says to do. Amen? If God says it, that's it. And God says, I've got to love everybody. I might not want to, but I've got to love you. I have no choice. Not if I'm going to serve the King with a clear conscience and not be convicted that I did not really mean it. He wants unfeigned love to be shown one to the other. That means you're going to have to forgive each other every once in a while. Sometimes, even in the instances where you're right and they're wrong, you've got to be humble. Is that what it says? Humble. And be patient with people. How many people here beside me knows that God was patient with you? Here, here let me do it right. Amen. Thank you. That's every hand, really. I know God is patient with me, even today. I'm learning every day as we grow from grace to grace, from glory to glory. That's what God does. He's still teaching us. As a friend of mine likes to say, we're still in the oven. We're, we're, we're only half baked. We might think we're done, but we're not done until God says we're done. Amen? He made us. He'll know when we're done. And brothers and sisters, we just have to show, and probably this is the crux of my message, show love to one another, even above your own well-being, even above what you feel is due to you. Be gracious. Leave allowance for people to make mistakes for God's sake. My Lord, if God hadn't done that with me, I'd just be mashed into the ground. But he is a forgiving God, a loving God. And he demands that we do likewise. Read the parable of the ungrateful servant, the unforgiving servant, and you'll have a better idea of what we're saying here.
Love is the answer. Henry Drummond wrote, The world is not a playground. It is a schoolroom. Does anybody know where our manual is in our schoolroom? It's our Bible. Paul says it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. This is where we learn how to live and how to treat people. Praise God. He goes on to say, life is not a holiday, but an education. We're being educated right now, I hope. And the one eternal lesson for us all to learn and know is how better we can love one another. How better we can love one another. There is a little gauge on the side of every steam tank that lets the operator know what's going on inside that steam tank. He can't look in. it blow up. He'd be killed. But whatever is going on in that little gauge, that's what's going on in the tank. Do you know how God knows what's going on in our tank? I think we've already touched on this. Said it against us. Word the gauge. Exactly. He checks our level. The Lord says, man looks on the outside. But where does God look? On the inside. It's an inside job of God. It's your heart. He sees everything, Psalm 34 says. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open to our every word, our every cry. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. And he's omnipresent. He sees all. He sees you sitting here right now. He's blessing you just because you're here today. Oh, how good and pleasant it is, the Lord says, when brethren come together in unity. For there the Lord commands his blessings. We're being blessed just because we're here. But brothers and sisters, let me give you that one hearty morsel to, to feast upon. Turn to somebody and say, anybody, I love you. Karen, Holy Spirit here. Turn to somebody else and say, I love you. With all the love of my heart, I mean it. I may not want to love you. John, I love you. I love this guy. I know John's been in pain. But here John is, dutifully, loving the Lord. That pleases God. Paul says, you can give your body to be burned. Amen? But without charity, what is charity? Love. It profits you nothing. Praise God. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, as we go into this new year, let's be the church. Not that just hugs. We're known for that. But the church that L-O-V-E-S one another. The loving church. I like to say love is God's nickname. Let it be our moniker. We love you. Some people never hear that. Some people have no one at home to say that to them. May that be your greeting call for now on. i got about three, four, five minutes. I want to read something to you that I hope will encapsulate just how much God loves us. It's a true story. It's about a man named John Griffith, born back in the 1920s, sort of right after World War I. Things were getting good. He got a good job. Young man in his 20s, like I said, married a very lovely woman. They had a baby. They named him Greg. Greg was the apple of his daddy's eye. In his own words, John said, life is so good. 
we have a member of our church here, when you ask Connie, how you doing? Most of you know she says, I'm living the dream, <laughs> right? And I know a lot of times her and Paul might be going through something, but her answer is, praise God, I'm living the dream. It's a good way to be, not to complain. Anyway, as life would have it, the bottom fell out for John and his family. In 1929, something happened in America, and a whole lot of people lost everything. Do you remember what that was? Yes, right. Crash of the stock market on Wall Street. John lost everything. He had to move out of his house eventually. They had to leave Oklahoma eventually to try and strike out anew. He lost it all. They wound up crossing the Mississippi River, and John somehow felt, this is where I need to be. So he went to the small town there and found a job, a job that he really liked. John has already, always loved trains. Ever since he was a little boy, he loved trains. And he got a job lifting the drawbridge on a railroad trestle so the boats could, barges could come through and so the trains could go over. At the right time. It was a precise involvement. He had to check his times on his watch. He loved that job. Almost as much as he loved his little boy. One day, little Greg at age eight said, Dad, it's my birthday. Take me to your job. I want to see the trains. So he did. He took him to his job. They were sitting there eating a sandwich and John was telling them all about the boats that were going through, the barges, how there was a big flood in the area several years ago. And, and all of a sudden, he heard what organ? <laughs> he heard a train whistle. That train whistle was telling him there was a train not more than three minutes away. He had lost time playing with his son. He jumped up and said to Greg, Greg, stay there. Don't move. And he ran across the little catwalk to the control box that controlled the huge mechanisms that raised the bridge. And he was just about to pull the lever when he heard a scream. And the scream said, Daddy, save me. Help me, Daddy. Little Greg had fallen into the control box, the gearbox. And John could see his leg was bleeding profusely. John knew he had minutes to save his son, if that. But then the train whistled again. And he thought about the 400 people in that train. And he said, what do I do? Do I save my boy, my only son, who I love so much? Or do I save all those people who I don't even really know? He didn't take a minute. He didn't have a minute. He turned and with one hand covered his eyes. And with the other hand, he pulled the lever down. He heard one loud scream. And then it was silence. And he knew his little boy was with Jesus in heaven. He knew that Greg was no more on this earth and that he would never see him again. 
The train whisked through right at that time. He looked in the window and saw all the people smiling and having cocktails, eating, never realizing what he just had to sacrifice for them. That they were this close to death. But he made the decision to sacrifice his son. Brothers and sisters, first of all, if that's not walking worthy, I don't know what is. Jesus said, no greater love has any man than to give up his life for that of a friend. He didn't even know those people. But when people are in need, they're your friends. We see that shown there. But there's an even greater story here. And I'm going to read it so I can end this within a minute. I hear you, Chris. This story is but a mere glimpse of what the Father did. Our Father God did. And sacrificing his only begotten son, Jesus, to atone for our sins. The consummate love of Christ is here demonstrated also in that he was not accidentally caught on the cross, but rather Jesus willingly sacrificed his life for the sins of all mankind, for you and me. That's why we're told in the book of Acts that there is neither salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given unto men by which we must be saved. As far as Christ is concerned, Jesus, he says, you must be saved. If he had his way, we would all be saved. But he gave us free will, so we have a say about it. We're not automatons. We're not robots. He gave us that beautiful gift of free will. But I'm here to say, if there's anybody here today who does not know him as Lord and Savior, would you come down to the altar? Would you honor the sacrifice that God and Jesus performed? in our lives so that we can spend eternity with him. If there's no one here, then we who know the Lord, would you just go out and start asking people this new year, do you know my Jesus? Do you know him by name? Let me tell you about my father. Folks, we owe so much. We owe literally everything. Our obedience, our very lives, more than anything else, we owe our love to one another if we are to please God. Can we all do that? Can we all do that this coming year? Please, for God's sake. Amen. Sometimes the only thing that's going to keep a person here is how we treat them. It's the love that we show them. We are God's ambassadors. God is love. Show each other love. Had something else I was going to say here, but God had something else for me to say. Thank you, Karen. Karen, stand up. No, that was from God. I'm not honoring you. You bought me a word from God. God bless you all. Happy New Year. If you, God bless. Can we all stand together? If you don't know Jesus, that is the most important thing to know out of the words that we've heard today that Jesus came to give his life for you and for me if you need prayer today you can come down to this altar and kneel and pray there are folks at our prayer stations today if you need prayer if you need prayer online today you can go and and, uh, meet with somebody online but as we worship for a few minutes up here we want to invite you to come and pray worthy is the Lamb who was slain 
So Holy Spirit, today we pray that as we go, that you would go with us, encourage us and strengthen us. Lord, bless us in this week. Lord, as we look forward to this new year, Lord, let us purpose in our hearts to live for you and no one else. Thank you, God. Go with us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. The altar is still open if you want to pray. There are folks still at the prayer stations. You can still meet with folks online to pray for several more minutes. Thank you for worshiping with us. Happy New Year. Have a great week.